0: All right, everybody, And five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of America.com. I am Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... And normally, I usually come in with a very exciting and energetic introduction. Uh, Unfortunately, the events of today, I don't think that that's appropriate. It is... Monday, August 30th, it'll be a couple days later when we post the podcast, but as of 3.29 p.m. East Coast time today, August 30th, the last plane flew out of Afghanistan. It was the end of America's longest war, almost 20 years. If we had stuck it out another two months or so, it would have been the, we would have hit 20-year mark exactly, but we didn't. So we left, so, you know, big mix of emotions. Uh, Harp, I want to open it up to you. How are you feeling today, and what are your thoughts? Disappointed.
1: Like you said, the pullout was just, I think, a little too drastic. I don't know if it was just not thought out or, or what. But yeah, like I said, I mean, we lost a lot of credibility worldwide, and even, even here at home.
0: Uh, this time. Yep. I agree with every word of that. I was thinking about it and there is no silver lining to this. I mean, we left, the Taliban is back in control. We've lost a few thousand U.S. service members, an additional 13 um, in the past few days in the bombing at the Kabul airport. There have been Thousands upon thousands of Afghans killed in the conflict. Thousands of people from the Afghan security forces were killed as well. So it wasn't just Afghan civilians. It was members of the Afghan military. And, yeah, and we achieved nothing. Maybe at the end I can tell there's perhaps one or two positive things that may or may not have come out of our 20 years in Afghanistan. We're not going to know for quite a while, but yeah, we'll have to see. So so Harp, what were some of your reactions when you actually heard the news that it was over?
1: I mean, we all knew it was going to have to come to an end. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm not mad that the war is over. I'm just mad at how we ended this before. Mm-hmm. We can't fight forever. I get that. But we can't turn it back over to people we've been fighting for, for 20 years and just shake hands like it was a scrimmage game. And, uh, you know, they say, you go your way, we'll go ours. Just do it peacefully. At the end of the day, you know they're not going to be peaceful. Everybody knows that. It's just, uh, the way the war ended, I'm, I'm very pissed off about it. And I just can't understand the concept of who he was thinking and what they were thinking when they made it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I uh, I actually, I'm, you know, to see it happen today, I'm more sad than angry. I was angry over the last couple of days, but today I'm just, you know, I'm actually very, I'm sadder than I've been in a very long time. And the, you know, just, you know, watching 20 years go up and smoke and, you know, everything that we've poured into it, everything too, they, you know, there are a lot of people in Afghanistan, the people that we were fighting for who are... You know, we're just sad. They're now living in terror. You know, they're, well, they're people. They're, they're
1: screwed.
0: Yeah, I, it, you, they are screwed. I wish they. If, I mean, if they so much lick a stamp, stuck
1: it on an envelope for us, they're gonna get their heads cut off or shot or something. Yep. Yeah, that's just how they roll over there.
0: I agree. I agree. And you know, the there's still thousands of people trying to get out of the country, trying to make it to the U.S., trying to make it to Europe trying to make it to you know, other parts of the Middle East. And they're, yeah, they're just in terrible, terrible danger right now. So this Taliban, you know, they, they rolled in and they've made all sorts of promises that they're going to respect women's rights, that they're going to try to be legitimate. And they may make an effort, but I really don't think, I think after a couple of days, you're going to see the facade come off and they're just going to start brutalizing everybody again. It's already started in other places around the country. Don't get me wrong. It has already started. I'm not trying to say that it hasn't. But now that the U.S. has left, and you can already see here in the U.S., the, the news media is moving on. There is this horrible storm in New Orleans, which does need to be covered and has kind of nudged Afghanistan out of the news a little bit. And that's legitimate because that's a terrible storm. But the... um We're getting some rain of it now. You are? I was going to ask you how you, how you guys are doing with it down there. We're just
1: We're going to get a bunch of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, said, I mean, we won't get as much as we did off
0: of that last
1: one that came through here a couple of weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. supposed to rain here all day tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And from the one preliminary report that I did hear from New Orleans is that it's not Katrina, which is good. Uh, but it's still a lot of people there lost a lot of power. So, so all in all, not the a opposition. great day, not a great day in America. But, but back, back to Afghanistan. You know, every American veteran around the country right now is sad, more struggling than others. I want to. So, what I did this weekend, you know, my friend and a fellow two seven Corman named uh, Mike McCarthy, who went to Afghanistan in two thousand eight, unfortunately, took his life. Two weeks ago, and he lived here in L.A. and he committed suicide. And uh, this this weekend, this Saturday, we had a memorial service for him uh, on the beach in Santa Monica, and it was it was a beautiful service. His family flew out, a pastor from his church came and read from the Bible, you know, gave the service. We had uh, a number of his friends. There was there was I don't know maybe thirty people there from different walks of life. He was originally from Rhode Island and he, he had a bunch, of his, you know, in, in addition to his family, he had friends who flew out from Rhode Island to celebrate with us. There were maybe about 10 guys from 27, a good mix of corpsmen and Marines were there. There were a lot of people from his life here in LA. One woman came, even drove out from Arizona just to be here for it. A couple guys drove down from like the San Francisco Bay Area. I got up and spoke a couple words. Uh, just you know, spoke on behalf of everybody in two seven, and just said that we can never replace them. But you know, she she lost a son, but in a lot of ways, she gained you know a thousand sons and daughters and a thousand brothers and sisters. So uh, you know, because I know everybody in two seven will be looking after them for the rest of their life. And and Mike, you know, he 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 you know had some. Things going on in his life had some challenges, but you know his death will not get put in the official tally of Afghanistan war dead. But it, it might as well be there. You know what I mean? It might as well be there. Yep. So.
1: They say the war we brought home. Yep. Folks are don't ever lose.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So. So. I wish I could say something more positive, but that's where we're at. So, so, let me ask you this, Harp. What do you think is next for the country? We got to uh, got to find a way to bounce back from it. I mean, we've been down, down before. As a country,
1: we just got to find a way to, to bounce
0: back. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, I, one of the things that I'm going to work on is to engage a bit more. You know, I try to engage, but to help where I can. And one of the things that I'm a little unhappy about is, you know, I, I was actually in a lot of ways like many Americans where, you know, up until this horrible pullout, I, I didn't give a, Afghanistan a whole lot of thought. You know, I, I think about Iraq a lot. And I kind of think about Afghanistan in the context of that, but even still, and, you know, you said at the beginning, like, I knew that the war was going to end one day, and I knew that it, it wasn't going to end well, you know, and it wasn't going to end well for all the reasons that I think Maxwell, when, Max, when Matthew Maxwell was on our podcast two weeks earlier, I think his analysis was spot on, and I think that he was... Absolutely correct in a lot of the things that he said. I feel guilty. and I take the hit on that. I probably should have supported us a little more in hindsight, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I thing think it's... The thing it's, you thing know, it me is, like I told you
1: the other day, it's not what's going on what's not going to go on. Uh, now that we're out of there. I, as an American, when I go somewhere, I like to leave it, the place I've been and... Better shape than it was when I left, and there's no way we can say Afghanistan is in a better place than it was when we got there 20 years ago. Yeah. There's no way we can say that now, yep. after, after the way this this whole tobacco came out, and it's just I know I'm, I'm not an Afghan veteran like you. I'm, I went, you know, we went to Iraq. Mm-hmm. I just hope the Afghan vets know that, at least from what I see around where I live, they got all the support and all the, the backing that, that you can believe. And I, I want to say, as a country, as a whole, I would think there's a lot of people out there proud of every one of them. So yep. They could just you know go to sleep with that on their mind every night instead of the, the what is and this and this. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that support what they do uh, over there. So I, I, I mean, I just hope that we can grow
0: off grow off of that a little bit. of hope. I I absolutely agree, and you know what? Let me let me piggyback off of that too. And I've been very down. I, I opened this episode very down, but but yes, you know, to all the Afghanistan veterans, you did you did a fantastic job. It wasn't you, it wasn't you that botched this. Not at all. It was. The powers that be, it was in a lot of ways the American people. It was just the fact that we couldn't get it together. But no, you served with distinction, you served with courage, you went over there and you put your ass on the line for people that really needed it. So it's not you. And Harpo, I I agree 100% that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people still support them. You know, one of the things that. I, I do have one positive thing to say about America, though, throughout all this. You know, when the Vietnam veterans came home, they got spit on, they got shitted on, and the American public didn't give a fuck about them. One of the lessons I do think that America has learned since Vietnam is to care for and honor veterans. And I have to say, we definitely did not get treated like the Vietnam veterans did. I've, I've In my... You know, years since I've gotten out, I've heard a handful of stories of people or veterans who, you know, got spit on or got disrespected for being a veteran. But they are far and away, those stories are far and away the minority. The, the vast majority of stories that I've heard are people who have been supportive. And I have felt supportive. I had never, any, since I got out, nobody's ever, you know, gotten on me or said anything bad to me. About my service, you know, it's always been positive, and I'm I'm really appreciative of that, and I want to thank everybody in America for that because uh, I do think that that is if there's one, you know, shining light from this, that is it, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, the yeah, so the, you know, Afghanistan veterans going forward, I, I know that this is a this is this is a hard day for goes because you know, a, a lot of guys went to both Afghanistan and Iraq, but even if yeah. you just went to Iraq or you just went to Afghanistan, events in uh, the other country and in the other war affect you as well. So if, you know, when, when the guys who just went to Afghanistan, you know, a couple of years ago when ISIS is running through Iraq, I know that they were feeling that just as hard as we were. So, yeah, so, you know, my heart goes out to all these guys. So, yeah, so, oh, so,
1: day in the history
0: It is indeed. It is indeed. It is indeed. What do you
1: think the administration is going to do?
0: Well, I I think, you know, so... I I, kind of... Biden and the administration have really taken it on the chin, as they should. This whole thing was botched from the very beginning. And it was everything from not being able to see how quickly the Taliban would overrun the country to botching this evacuation. I mean, you know, so last week we spoke with Bruce Batson, and if you haven't listened to the episode, he was working with some fellow veterans of his, some other Marines, to get his interpreter out of Afghanistan. But he was doing this from his laptop, from his home, and they were working in this this ad hoc digital network. They're calling it the Digital Dunkirk, and... Like he, Railroad, right? yep, yeah, the Underground Railroad, Yep, a lot of ways, yes. A lot of ways it was. And the, while this is a really amazing, grassroots effort that I think people are going to be writing about and talking about for years, the fact of the matter is that they shouldn't have had to do this. The, the military and the government should have foreseen this and should have been getting these guys out. So, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I think that he... Unfortunately, the... the the administration screwed the pooch on it. Um, to be if I'm gonna be completely fair to him, there's no such thing as exiting a war gracefully or losing a war gracefully. Whether it had been Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden, or whoever comes after that ended it, it was always going to end, you know, in a, a way that is, you know, a very bad way. The it didn't have to end like this. I think it definitely could have ended a lot better than this, and I think it could have been smoother. So I I, I think that they're going to just try to do damage control for the next couple of weeks. And unfortunately, you know, I'm, I said this last week, or I said this two weeks ago with Maxwell, and I think that this is a sad comment on America, but I think that come the 2024 elections, America will have moved on from Afghanistan. Um, unless, of course, we're attacked from Afghan soil. But assuming that doesn't happen, people... Would just want to forget, and America, you know, the average well, no, American. I, I think I think people are going to be bitter about
1: this for a long time. Well, I don't think they're
0: going to forget about it. I do agree with you that there are going to be some people who are not going to forget about this, and I, I think, you know, I think unfortunately Biden has lost a lot of veterans. The, and I mean, if you had a kid, if
1: you a doc, if you had a kid and was wanting to join the military. What would you tell
0: them right now? Oh, yeah. I would...
1: What s- would you tell What would you tell 18-year-old Richard Hayden about to go enlist? There's no way in hell I would let any one of my kids enlist in this administration. That's the way they just hung them folks out to try. No damn way. You know what? I might as well I might as well slap a $20 bill on his back and wish him the best of luck. You know, just how- throw them to the wolves.
0: Harper, you know, I thought of something similar. So my wife is pregnant. She's actually due two months from today, uh, October 30th. And we're going to have a son. And and this, this was true for my daughter as well because she could enlist. But, you know, I was thinking of my son. If 18 years from now, my son were to come bounding into my room and was like, Dad, I want to be a corpsman. If the Richard Hayden sitting, you know, in front of this recorder, recording this podcast right now, we're talking about like, Yo, if you're gonna potentially feel the way I feel, one day after serving, then nope, I don't go go to college, get a job. If you want to help out, do something else, but not that. Now, you know, eighteen years from now, I don't know how I'm gonna be feeling, but at this moment in time, and again, I also want to say, I also want to stress too, that that's not the Navy's fault. That's not the Marine Corps. No, fault. no, you know, no, it's not. You know, I want to stress that. I'm not t- speaking ill of the Navy or Marine Corps. I'm speaking ill of events that, in a lot of ways, were beyond the Navy and Marine Corps control. You know, if politics. anything, the Navy and Marine Corps were bright shining spots in this and working against the way I feel. You know what I mean? Well,
1: you, well we should never fight wars with politics. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So, so. It seems to me like
1: politics screws everything up a lot of things. Like they screw
0: up more things than they get right. I, I Unfortunately, I think you're right. I do, I do, I do. So what are some of the feelings of some of the people around you, maybe some, you know, veterans or some people down in the Grange? Oh, I mean, we're, we're flying our flags
1: proudly. Like I said, we got a lot of proud people around here to be Americans and live the way we live. And they know that this little episode that just happened is not the American way. So I, I, I feel good about that, to, to know that there's a lot of people in this community that I live in who are highly pissed off. And I'm talking both Democrat and Republican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they, they're not seeing this through blue goggles or red goggles, they're actually looking at it and the red, white and blue So that makes me feel good. That's why I hope we can if anything, you know, we can bound
0: on pulling behind one another and getting back to the American way that we
1: know. Yep. And not this and not this way. Yep, I agree. I agree. So and, and, you know Americans we don't we don't we don't back down pretty much to nobody. And I feel like we tucked our tail and
0: ran over there instead of finishing the job. Yep. Yep. And I don't know, you know, we had that great discussion two weeks ago. I, I, I don't know if we ever, if we, uh, how can I say this? I don't know if we ever would have been successful, but it, I don't think it had to end like this. But But, you know, so I was thinking of something interesting. So I, the last few days, I've kind of just started to think a little bit about what comes next, or not necessarily, it's not just what comes next, but also when the next war happens. Because you know, it, I don't know when it's going to be. It, it, heck, it could even be next week if we get another terrorist attack or something. I certainly hope not. But
1: I don't think th- I don't think this one's going to jump into
0: another one. I agree. There's no way. I agree. I personally think, I would say at least 20 years or so, just because people remember, you know, after Vietnam, people remember for a long time, and, you know, we went into Desert Storm in 1991, but that was pretty fast, you know, so it wasn't until just, you know, on September 11th was just under 30 years from the end of Vietnam, so... You know, I think that you know Vietnam was still fresh in a lot of people's mind, and, and kept people from doing it. So I, I agree, definitely agree with you there. But I was thinking to myself, let's just say for argument's sake, and the next one happens thirty years from now, and let's say it's 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 let's say it's under circumstances that are kind of like uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, where um, it doesn't look like there's quite a good or excuse me, it doesn't look like there's quite a clear end game and it looks like it's going to be an open-ended war that we're committing ourselves to, I'm probably going to be against it. But I'm also very much going to want to support all the service members who are fighting it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I'm going to have 30 years to think about how I'm going to thread that needle because I won't want to come out and say I'm against the war, but I certainly can't say that I'd be for it and I'm gonna to want to do something for everybody that's fighting it and coming home. So that's you know that's just one of the things I was thinking. Of course, if it's a World War II type conflict where it's black and white, that's a different story. But something like this where shades of gray, then you know that's one of the things that I could see all of us and everybody, everybody who is in Iraq and Afghanistan when the you know next war starts happening, they come asking us for our opinions. We're going to be like, mm, I support you, but I can't support the war. You know what I mean? That's you know. so, what I
1: mean. Everybody who's in the military volunteers to join the military. I don't think there's anybody forced to
0: join the military anymore. Anybody that's in the military. Very true. So, um, Yeah. I
1: mean, granted, yeah, the incentives that come along with it are great. You know, They'll pay for your school. They'll you know, get taken care of. So, I mean, it's a win for a lot of people out there. But, again, they still volunteer themselves for it. Mm-hmm. They're not told they have to do it. So I just think what's happened here in the last month, it's just going to be hard to get anybody to volunteer for something. And this is going to be the end. But right now, we got a black eye on it. This was a black eye for America. Yep. He has one.
0: I do agree I do agree yep I, I think that it, it'll be a little easier than it was in the 80s after Vietnam but I definitely agree that if you know yeah you're right if you're a 17 year old kid sitting in school right now who you know been thinking about joining the military uh, today you might be like, oh man I don't think so and you know I feel awful for those the 13 service members, who you know were killed a couple of days ago outside of Kabul airport because you know they they were all they were all young they were all young and I bet you for all of them it was their first deployment maybe one of them had another deployment but it was their first deployment they were you know excited to get over there wanted to finally use some of their training and just poof gone shoot I bet you they were counting the
1: days down to when they was coming home yep
0: yep Yep, 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 yep.
1: Mm-hmm. You know how it is. You, you, you,
0: you see that you can see that light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. Performance nah. almost over. You know, you're already mailing all your stuff back if you don't want to take and see bag. just, man. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. And damn, I was gonna say something. I fucking forgot what it was. <laughs> That's where my brain's at today. Get it. Yeah, yes, I get it. <laughs> that is where my brain's at today. So, yeah, well, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. So, one of the things that... All right, so right now, this whole thing was a debacle. However, they did evacuate over 100,000 people in these last two weeks. And one of the things that I think is going to happen is that the administration is going to say we evacuated over 100,000 people out of Afghanistan whether or not that's going to play in 2024 I don't know but I'm interested in 15 20 years from now how we're we going to remember it you know because 100,000 people while not nearly enough is an impressive number and I do think that you know we could have done much much more but that's kind of getting overlooked and throughout all this and, and you know the 100,000 people who did get out are grateful, so I, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. You
1: know what? Me though, not one COVID test.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah,
1: they're... Yeah, they. Yeah, you ain't heard about it though. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, nah, I don't think I don't think they were testing, but yeah, because who? All, all those
1: people in that little airport, not one. That's just crazy. Not one, not one outbreak. Yeah. How do
0: they do it? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I can say this, too. One of the things that I'm going to encourage people to do, and I'm going to try to do myself, I'm going to start looking into organizations, is to welcome these Afghan refugees.
1: Yeah, that, was what's going to be, that was going to be my next question. What's the end game for them? Are we going to just house them and be them American citizens and go from there? Or are we going to... I mean, what, what are we going to do with all of them? I
0: don't know. Sure. Well, this is actually an area where we have some experience. So I think about the Vietnamese refugees who left after Vietnam and there's a very large community in Orange County, which is just south of LA, and they arrived and a lot settled in Orange County, but a lot of them spread throughout the US and you know, they all came in the late seventies, so some of the people who arrived there, they've got Kids, they've got grandkids at this point who were born in the U.S., and they've set down roots and they've set down ties. And I don't think that the Afghans are going to be any different. And I think, too, so the Afghans that did come over, almost all of them worked with the U.S., so they were loyal to the U.S. in Afghanistan. So it's not like we were just scooping people out and bringing over. They do have to be screened. I'm not saying they don't have to be screened. They do have to be screened. But if you're bringing people that were loyal to the U.S., over there, you know, they're probably going to be loyal to the U.S. over here. I think a lot of them are going to be grateful. I think that we yeah. should, you know, work to get them into our community. And in, a, in some ways, I think that they should be treated just as well as veterans, uh, you know, American veterans themselves. So, I it, mean, you're, you're
1: going to have bad seeds. You know, there's going to be onesies and twos. Yeah. Screw up. But for the majority, I'm with you. I think they'll be, they'll be
0: loyal. They'll want to get out. Yeah. Yeah, That's I think like. I think anytime they feel bad about living in the US, they'll just say, well, I could be living in Afghanistan with the Taliban right now and um, yeah. you know. So, so, so I encourage everybody to reach out to them if 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 they land in your your neighborhood, if they land in your community, reach out. They're going to need help. And you know, welcome their kids into your home. If you got if they start going to school with your children, Reach out to them and, and just do what you can to make them feel, feel welcome and at home. Just like any other immigrant group, pretty much. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yep. Oh, all right. Well, here we are at the end. You got anything else, to? Well, let's just, I'm
1: going to leave it on a positive note. This is my, we're getting towards the, my favorite time of year, Labor Day weekend. So much coming through. It's going to be football season. Mm hmm season, they get to go shoot some
0: doves this weekend. Nice. That'll that'll be a good stress for me. Smell some gunpowder. But yeah, this is my favorite time of
1: year, really. Weather's fixing to start cooling off. Trees and leaves will be changing color. But we have a lot to be thankful for.
0: All right. Good to go. Good to go. So, the thing that I'm going to leave everybody with, there's one ray of hope for Afghanistan. And that is... While we were there for 20 years, we did do a lot of good things. The plight of women is much, much better in Afghanistan. Some of the minority communities did much better. We educated a lot of people, and we did a lot for the populace. We left a lot of great infrastructure behind. So the Taliban has taken over a very different country in 2021 than it did in 1996. The Russians did not do nearly as much for the Afghan people as we did. And you have a generation of girls and young women who were raised with educational opportunities. You had many more educated people. A lot of them did leave over these last couple of weeks, but a lot of them stayed too. And everybody has cell phones. So that wasn't there in the 90s. So Afghan society is much different than it was, and the Taliban are going to find it more difficult to rule in the exact same way than they did in the 90s. doesn't mean they're going to be any less brutal. They're still going to be brutal. But if some of the seeds that we planted grow into trees and grow into flowers and bloom, then Afghanistan may have some hope yet. And I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish. I don't want to sit here and say... Oh, we just got to wait and then it'll be it'll be wonderful. No, nope. I think dark days are ahead for Afghanistan, but if some of the people we helped along the way in the last 20 years are able to use some of the things that we gave them, I think that Afghanistan might have a shot. And I hope so. And you know what, Harp? I hope 20 years from now you and I are talking, you know, I'm sure we're still going to be doing this podcast. We're going to be talking and we're going to say, "You know what? Afghanistan's doing all right." I hope so. Don't think it's gonna happen, I but hope you know so. we can hope. All right, Harp. Well, hey, thank you again, as always. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, man. Yep. Reach out. The very last thing I'm gonna say, if you're a veteran listening to this and you're having trouble, reach out, get help, please. Mike McCarthy was a great, great, great corpsman. And you know, unfortunately his demons overtook him and he was a great guy. Please reach out so that you can get some help. I know Mike would want you to. All right. All right, everybody. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it, and we will see you next week.